All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. Just going to be Patrick here today, but I do have a special guest. I actually have my dad with me, Randy Screen. He's going to join me and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what it's like having a son or a family member working in equipment and then just all the the different things kind of happening around the world of sports and just want to kind of hang out with him today. But uh, dad, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit, say hey to the, hey to the ODA crowd. Thank you, Patrick, and greetings to uh, duties otherwise assigned. Uh, I think it's great to be on air. I certainly enjoy listening to your blogs every week, and uh, they certainly have been interesting, and you've had a lot of interesting people on it. I don't know if I'm going to qualify for that, but at least uh, try to have a little fun with you. So it has been interesting watching your career when uh, you were heavily involved in the uh, equipment business, not only as a, a student manager in uh, App State, but then in uh, some of the colleges and universities that you worked at too. So it certainly uh, brought a lot of fun to our family life, but also a lot of uh, changes in holidays and things like that, because it just seemed you were always with great programs that uh, got to go to bowl games or got to play for championships and certainly uh, kept us involved, uh, not only with our alma maters and the schools that we grew up in, but uh, you and wherever you were working. So uh, it was, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always been uh, an interesting, an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, going from app and then literally traveling across the country. I mean, obviously, you know this. Mom and I drove from Raleigh to to Reno, uh, and over you know the course of a few days to get me out there. I'd never been out that way before, and you know, it just everything kind of changed. I think you were probably the first one to. Well, yeah, you were the first person to come visit me out there in terms of during the football season and got to experience what kind of a, a normal game day is like, uh, especially at Nevada when it was me and me and Ryro out there. And just some of the things that you maybe some of the different things you noticed where you're just like, oh, I never knew you guys did that. Or if there was anything you saw or that you remember, I mean, I know it was, geez, what was it? 10 years ago at this point. Um, but was there anything that kind of stood out to you from seeing that? And then, you know, from what your day-to-day life used to be and not really realizing what, what all we did? Well, certainly, uh, you know, it was family and, and um, your siblings as well. And we certainly supported you, everything you did. But all we ever did was hear about it. And, uh, you know, we thought that you really didn't have time to go to classes at App because all you were doing was a 24-7 job as a, as a student equipment manager. And then certainly uh, when you were getting paid to do it, Nevada being your first place, uh, it was really a, a different time for you because the, the guy that was running it when you first went out there left early in the season or really before the season started. So they did not hire a replacement and you and uh, your colleagues in essence had to how to run a division one program for a very good football program. And it was, uh, you know, learning by the seat of your pants while you were going, yes, you all had worked before and somewhere, but now you're running the thing. So it was fun listening to it and see, hearing your frustrations, hearing some of the fun. And certainly you and uh, your colleagues went through a big learning curve and had to go up through that. So when I finally got to come out and watch a game and, um, certainly watch uh day before Friday what you did and then really Saturday morning before you played the uh, Idaho Vandals if you will I won't, I won't forget that uh just a byline you beat the crap out of them but it was uh <laughs> it was certainly fun to be on the sidelines but uh as you were asking 
you know, I got to go into the locker room, stay out of the way of everybody, which was important, but watch you running all over the place, getting everything ready. And you certainly had worked the night before to do that. But as every day comes about, there's always things that come up. And of course, you guys are expected to take care of it right away, which you did, but you had to be, uh, you know, agile, mobile, and versatile, what I would say, because you just had to, whatever came up beforehand, you guys were running all over the place. So like I said, I'd stay out of the way. You weren't over there talking to me, telling me what's going on. I got to observe everything that was going on and it was a lot. So I, you know, I, when you think of equipment, you think, you know, okay, we got to get the locker room set up with all the uniforms and we got to get everything out on the field and, you know, for the warm ups, and we got to get the headphones, which I know you were ahead of, which I funny stories I've heard from you, but then I got to watch one when you're a uh, football coach, the uh, head coach didn't like something and slammed his headphones on the ground, of course, broke them. And then you, you know, they expected you to fix them in two minutes, which took a little longer than that, but uh, that's what his expectation was. And it's like, Hey coach, uh, be nice if you didn't slam them, you know, you get mad, throw a helmet or kick, kick one of our players in the rear end or something, do that. But slamming the headphones is a lot of work, especially when you need them. So watching that, and learning about it. And then all, everybody's on the move all the time. There's really not a lot of downtime for you guys, certainly before the game, but even during the game, there's just helmets need fixed or, you know, shoulder pads need adjusted, or we got to fix a Jersey or, uh, you know, we got to run over here and take care of this. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a real team effort, which I learned. Uh, not that I didn't know that, but it was just that you guys got to be experts in about, 20 different things, not just in two or three. So that, that was the learning curve for me as a family member, just standing around watching and, and also trying to stay out of the way because you guys are pretty busy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I think I've said it before, it's it organized chaos really when it all comes down to it. You're, you prepare as much as you can for the inevitable to go wrong because you know, no matter what, there's going to be a million other things that happen on a game day. And like you said, I mean, randomly i can't remember what happened i mean it's been so long but i can't remember what happened but i do vividly remember a headset getting broken and then looking at me like why is this not already fixed and i'm just like i need like 30 seconds coach please just i gotta go get you a new headset because this thing's in two pieces i really i mean i could duct tape it back together for you if you really wanted me to but i I don't think you'd like that so no it's just it it was fun having you guys there i think um that game you were there. Ryro's dad was there, and it it was cool because both of you guys got to talk and kind of stand back and observe and see things kind of from a different perspective that not a lot of people get to see. Where you're down there in the locker room, you know, before the game, you're out on the sideline seeing things, and really kind of you're not. I mean, you're not in the stands. You can see stuff from the stands, but when you're in the sideline and you can actually hear what's happening and hear what's going on, the different conversations that are being had it kind of really, you know, it really changes the way you, you see the game. And, and not not to mention, I still feel no matter where you are in the stadium, there's no better seat than standing on the sideline. I I think that was probably the most enjoyable part. Obviously I've been uh, hundreds of football games through, through my life, certainly watching my boys play, but I played and then certainly been fans, college football, big time. And certainly, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a Steeler fan for all of those that are and all the Steeler haters, too bad. It's just uh, everybody's got to have their favorite team. But I think what you said is watching it from a different perspective, not through the stands, but on the field, 
but watching what goes on, watching the plays being called, watch the offense meeting, you know, when they came off the field with their assistant coaches, watching the defense do the same thing. And really another thing, like you were asking, what I hadn't seen before, you know, a lot of the players come over and talk to you guys about not, not just fix this or do this or do that. They just, you know, hey, did you see something there? It's just interesting, their perspective, because they know you guys know the game, but they would come over and ask you or Ira or whatever, hey, you know, what'd you see there? You know, what are we doing? Did I do something wrong? They didn't want to hear it from their coaches. They wanted to hear it from a peer, if you will. So I had no idea that kind of stuff went on. So you, you just saw the game from a totally different perspective, but it was a great perspective. Yeah, there was always, you know, a handful of players where you get, you have that great relationship with, and they might just be a guy that's just a special teamer or something, and he maybe got out of his lane or missed a tackle or something and gets yelled at by his coach, and then he comes over to, you know, me or whoever, and he's just like, was I was I out of position or did, did I miss something? And, you know, if I see it, then I might say something to him. But they, like you said, we're not there to yell at him. I might give him a hard time. Like, yeah, I mean, the guy ran right by you. I don't know how you, how you didn't see, I mean, like he was, he was breathing down your throat or whatever it was, but no, it's, you do have some cool conversations on the sideline with players. And those are the types of things, you know, obviously being out of, out of the, the industry now, that's the type of interaction I miss. Not so much coaches breaking stuff and, and yelling at us and whatever happening on the sidelines, but just, being around the student athlete, being around the players, because I mean, again, like I said, pregame, those guys are coming in, they're trying to get mentally prepared, but they're coming in and, you know, some of them hanging out with us in the equipment room or in the locker room, just talking to us, hang, you know, whatever it is they want to talk about just to get their mind off of the, you know, the pending game and all of that stuff. So uh, it was always a good time to, you know, being part of all of that stuff. And it was just cool that you got to experience it because I'm, if I remember correctly, I think you were the only one that ever really was there for like a pregame on the sideline for a game. And then obviously you saw, uh, you know, the cleanup and everything we had to do postgame. Uh, but nobody else, nobody else in our family actually got to got to experience that. No, and I, again, that day, you know, Ryro's dad and I, we actually got to stand just outside the door before the game started when the coach was given this pregame speech to the team. And you've always heard them. We know all the great ones from New Rockney and all that. But when you get to hear hear it in person, which you I would never get to do in a, obviously in a normal college football game, that was pretty cool. But you know, getting the players all fired up to go and go running out the door, running down the tunnel, and getting on the field. So again, it was those little things that we maybe take for granted of, or we wish we could see, and we did get to see it. And um, and again, what you were just talking about, what I brought up. You know, you had relationships with these players. You know, you're part of the team. You're a big part of the team, which they all know. So one thing they did learn, it seemed to me, from my uh, perspective, is they knew not to really tick you guys off. Not that they'd be trying to. And everybody, you guys kid the heck out of each other, which is always fun. And that means you have a better relationship when you kid each other. But they were they were pretty close to you guys and like talking to you, you know, obviously before the game, then after the game, obviously a little bit during the game, just to get your perspective, if you were able to watch some of the plays, which you are, you guys always were, but it just is ongoing. You were doing your job. You're working with the team. You're working with the coaches. And it was just fun to watch from a dad's perspective. You know, you're doing your job. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I watch for the stands. It's not the same as being on the field, watching you do your job. 
yeah, I mean, you, you guys were able to come to games and see us, um, or at least see the teams that I was working for play, you know, multiple times, obviously at app, you got to see more games because I was, you know, I was there for four years. I was a student there. Uh, but you know, a couple of bowl games and I think you came to uh, just, you know, a couple games, one or two games at maybe Georgia Southern or Richmond, you know, you, you guys were close when I was there. Uh, so you were able to come through and like when we went down and played Elon, you guys were able to come over to the game uh, and, and watch from the stands and, you know, maybe say, Hey, before the game, as I was running back and forth from the, you know, from the field back to the, to the locker room for, for pregame stuff. But it just, it adds like a whole, a whole different element. And, you know, to, to touch on what you said about here in the pregame speech, you got, I mean, you got lucky. I think coach alt was, he was an awesome motivator and he was just one of those guys that he didn't need to really get after you. I mean, he, he would be the first one to do it, but before a game, he was just like, listen, we're better than these guys. We're going to go out there, show them we're better than them for four straight quarters and just go do the things that we've been practicing, what you know how to do and just get it done. But just the way he was able to put it all together, it was just, he's, he was so much fun to work with. He was a good guy. Obviously was a good coach because he was a winner everywhere he went. We're, Ryro's dad and I we were just happy since we were in the back. He didn't look up and see us. Hey, get those two old guys out of here. They don't. They're not part of this. So we got to stand. Like I said, get to stand there and listen. So he he tolerated us. Even we weren't in the way. But but uh, you know you don't want to be in the way. You don't want to be part of the of the story. You want to be just observing whatever's going on. So that was good. So and again, app. You know we got to go to two national championship games and watch him win the national championship while you were there. Now, the only thing we, you know, we watched him, but we got to go down on the field afterwards with the trophy was presented and all that. So again, because you were there, because obviously we're going to support you and we, you know, you went to app and my gosh, we got to be head of the parents association, everything. When we were there. You, you, there was a bond with the school, much less with you and the football team. But we, again, got to, got to do some things you wouldn't normally get to do. And uh, it's because you were in, in that business. First as a student, but but then as a professional, and that that's a, was the best part. I mean, we were on a first name basis with the chancellor of the school. By that, yes. I mean, I got lucky, you know, to to be able to have that relationship with him, and you know, meet him before I even started it at, and he really helped lead the way for me actually to help get me into equipment. I, I mean, I really haven't talked about that much, but he pretty much handpicked me and my roommate. To, to live together. My roommate was already working for the team and that's how I got started in equipment. And it was just essentially a side job to help me buy beer and ended up being a career for me for, you know, better part of a decade. So very cool thing. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better yeah. situation from that. Yeah, you did. You had a great situation. Plus you got a great education, but you got to be a great sport team. The one that actually had won three national championships in a row. You got to be part of two of them. And, um, you know, that's something you remember the rest of your life. So then you went to Nevada on a great team. I, I got to tell the story on you, you know, when you guys got to go to the bowl game and um, you ordered in the wrong uniforms for the, or the shirts for the, for the, uh, for the game. And oh, that was uh, the uh, to, travel suits. Yes. Yes. And uh, had to scramble and get new ones. And you had to find someone to, to sew the patches on because the ones you had, you couldn't use. And that was a great story and, and you got it done, but I can tell you, you were not a happy camper. Uh, figuring out, you know, if Chris Alt finds out we, we don't have this stuff, he's going to kick my rear end. Because uh, again, it was your first time ordering stuff for bowl games and and uniforms, and 
all the other stuff you do and you get and, and you do. And uh, that's just a funny story because it wasn't funny when it was going on. But then when it worked out at the end, uh, you, you know, you're going to Hawaii. So we had to delay our Christmas for a few days till we could get your rear end home from Hawaii. But um, and you did the cross country trip in about a day and a half, which was fantastic. But you got here and I think slept for two days because you were a little busy over there and packing up stuff and flying here and there and, and everything. But because it worked out with those uniforms that you had to had to get, I think it was Nike that you got them from. They had to redo it. But um, yeah, that's it's something, again, it's something you'll remember forever, too. Yeah, that's sorry. We had. <clears throat> we had placed the order in the initial order form that we sent in was checked Navy blue. And, but the one that they got was checked black. So the travel suits <clears throat> that we had shipped to us were black and Nevada's colors are Navy and silver. And I pulled over, pulled aside my DFO Dave. And I was like, Hey, um, you think CA would be all right with uh, black travel suits? And he just laughed. And I was like, yeah, I didn't think so. So we're on the phone with Nike and, and there was like a three team trade. I think we sent the black ones to, to Arkansas and Penn state sent theirs to us because they didn't like them and they weren't going to wear them. So they just sent them to us and then they bought a different set basically with like a credit. Uh, so we ended up, I think with more travel suits than we had initially ordered because Penn state ordered more than us, but it ended up working out and we got them last minute got the patches done we drop shipped gloves to the to the hotel down in um down in hawaii Hawaii. yeah so it was it was a little bit of a scramble it um we got it all done but yes brad and i spent um spent some sleepless nights there leading up to leading up to the ball game trying to get all the ball stuff ready and get everything there and it just yeah it was it was a little bit of a nightmare but like I said, it's organized chaos being in equipment. That's what we do. It was, but it worked out and you won the game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, well, you lost the game. I never won a ball game. Wow. No team I ever played for. So I, I was in three ball games. Cincinnati, we played in two ball games in Cincinnati and played in one at uh, Nevada. And we, I would, I'm over three. I was not trying. I didn't want to bring that up. But since you, you know, gave yourself up, that's okay. No, so. it's, I mean, it's, it's all right. I think I already talked about it at one point where, uh, that's the, if I could go back and change anything about my time in athletics, I wouldn't give up anything that I had, but just to be able to win a bowl game would have been, would have been cool. But in all reality, I mean, bowl games aren't all that special. But it's for the kids. I mean, my gosh, they, they get all kinds of nice gifts or, you know, what for being there and they have some fun with the kids that do stuff like that. So it, it is all about your teammates and, all that stuff and certainly you guys get to enjoy it too but you're still working the whole time while they're out having a big time and and having fun because uh, that's what it should be they've earned it they go there now they want to win obviously unfortunately as you said they didn't but um, that's why you play them somebody's got to win the game so yeah i mean it's just like you said we're working the whole time you know the the players and, and coaching staff get to go and do a lot of the fun activities and everything that's involved with, with bowl games. And we're not really able to do that because we're dealing with practice and in laundry and trying to get other things ready and get the locker room set up at the stadium. And just there's a, there's twice as many jobs to take care of when you're on a bowl game, just because you're at a different facility in a different location and you're trying to set up a practice place. And then you have to move everything over to the stadium the night before the game. And it's just, 
there's a lot that goes into it that people don't really realize what what we what we really do and like the game we played um so the belk bowl depending on what stadium you're in you might not be able to use your headsets we played at the belk bowl which was in the panthers right uh, charlotte yeah so i don't yeah we were down in charlotte where the panthers play and we had to use the nfl nfl headsets so i had to have a list put together before we got down there of what each coach had so if it was like a single ear or double ear headset and how many i needed because you know there are tech pretty much more guys on the sideline with headsets for college football games than there are in the NFL. So they have obviously had everything that we needed, but it was a lot different because the coaching staff was like, why can't we use our own stuff? I want to use my stuff. I'm like, guys, as much as I would love to, I, I can't, like, I, there's nothing I can do about this. This is not my decision. So it's good times. Well, the other fond memories that we have of you is, you know, most of your mother and I have been able to fly to a lot of states and enjoy ourselves and everything, but uh, we've always laughed that you uh, drove through most of the states. You had to go through with the equipment truck and some of your jobs. Now, obviously, you started out with your mother driving cross country, but then, my gosh, you've driven to Montana, I don't know, once or two, twice, and you dri- driven to uh, Dakotas a couple times. And uh, You've just had a load of fun driving the equipment trucks uh, to, to bowl games or to the the sub you know the subdivision uh, playoffs or whatever the correct term is I get them wrong I just call them division one division two but um, I mean one one double A and uh, they don't like that anymore I, I, that was the easiest thing to remember I always like the way everybody has to make things harder instead of just you know keeping it the way it is but that's uh, that's the way that they like to do these things anymore yeah it's FBS and FCS now yeah 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 well it's division one and division one double A. It's easy, easy for old guys to remember like me. Oh, I still call it one double I don't like the FCS side of it, but that's just me. Um, yeah, you have seen America from the windshield of trucks many times. So um, you've, uh, you've had that going for you and that's nice. Yeah. Who doesn't love sitting in a box truck for hours at a time, especially after a long day when you've been up yeah. at probably like six o'clock in the morning and you're, um, you know, getting back at midnight driving a truck. So it just makes makes for long days. Well, that's what, what at least the anticipation of going up there. You got a game. There's no anticipation coming back other than wanting to get home on a, and that long trip. Just is probably aggravating, especially if it's a loss. So you know, there's nothing worse. Well, your anticipation is oh, I can't wait to get back to start three hours worth of laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm sleeping in the equipment room tonight, boys. We'll see you tomorrow. Like just this is how it is. But again, it has been. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it has been some, speaking of laundry, it has been some things we've learned, your mother and I, and from do, you're doing laundry and, and, you know, soaking things and what you got to do to get stains out. And then even more importantly, which you've had a lot of fun with us, the proper way to fold shirts and, and, and pants and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we have learned from you, especially the shirts. Your mother talks about that all the time, that she always thought she knew how to fold a shirt, but you told her, taught her how to do it after your years of uh, training as an equipment manager. So that's been, that's been fun in, in that regard. So, but, you know, washing uniforms and stains and all that kind of stuff, we did learn some things. So, you know, yours, you're using a little bit stronger detergent and, uh, and, uh, certainly commercial grade, uh, washing machines and dryers, but, uh, we have learned some things because you were in that business. Yeah, learn how to learn how to get a stain out and, and soak things and uh, 
folding towels was always a big thing for me. Melinda actually made fun of me today about it, uh, folding towels. And it's just uh, something that it's, it always sticks with you. Whenever I see, you know, even just if you go shopping and you see the, like whatever store you're in, the way people fold shirts, I just look at it and I'm just like, this is terrible. I got to get out of here. I can't look at this. Makes me want to redo it all just because after having organization hammered into your head and worrying about your inventory and how much space you're going to save if you fold a shirt a certain way to get it on a shelf and you can get, you know, four shirts wide as opposed to three. I mean, it's, it's something that I guess isn't necessarily the most exciting thing in the world to talk about. And people probably don't care to hear it, but it, it stays with you. <laughs> it a hundred percent stays with you. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. I mean, certainly I've been in business, to, you know, a long time before I retired a couple of years ago. And no matter what you do and who you work with and uh, relationships you make, you always learn something, you know, you're always taking something away. So I would assume that, uh, you know, every place that you've worked, you've learned to do something new and or something different. But is there one thing that just stuck out to you from going from place to place till you finally, uh, you know, had to get out of that business for a little while? that you learned that just blew you away? I mean, yeah, there were a lot of things. The The first time, like the craziest thing for me that I didn't realize, I think I, I had experienced a little bit as a student, uh, but when you're not in charge of the ordering side of things, you get to see it. Josh did a great job of showing me kind of what goes into all of that and really giving me an insight into a lot of those things. But when we got to Nevada and we were doing futures orders, that had to be sent in for not just football, but for all of our sports. And you're in, you know, they got to be in October, November for next, literally the next season. So you're planning ahead by a full year. So you have no idea what, you know, you have a decent idea about what your roster is going to look like, but you know, these seniors are gone. So you're going to have to guess on certain things and obviously order more. That was something that I, like I said, I had never realized that you're placing orders eight, nine months in advance. And that's just crazy to me still to this but, day. But then you really had to be prepared, you know, a way ahead of time in, in your, obviously your inventory, your orders and your calendar to make sure these things were taken care of. So obviously expanded when it, like your duties, like you're saying, but you had to be way ahead instead of just thinking, oh, the season's are around. I don't need to worry about that till next season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're planning for your next season, in the middle of your current season and you're trying to plan ahead. You have an idea of budgets. Now, obviously COVID threw everything off and that's not something I'm not even going to touch because I'm not in the industry at that point, but you have an idea of how much money you have to spend. And then when you're going in, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to have to replace these helmets. Who knows what's going to come back and reconditioning that it won't pass that I'll have to have extras regardless. So how many am I going to buy? What style am I buying? What is coming out that's new that I might want to test out? So you're, I mean, what's not really realized is how much um, money management goes into it and understanding your finances and understanding how much money you have to spend and where to stretch it as best as possible. So it's just, you know, we're not just laundry guys. There is so much more that goes into being an equipment manager and especially with, I mean, again, I'm, I just, I hammer on this all the time, but knowing how to manage a budget, learning that early and, you know, 
Rara and I got lucky. We got kind of tossed into this and it was like, Hey, go figure it out. So, you know, we had true hands-on experience right away, which a lot of people don't get, but there was no safety net for us. So I learned more during that year than I could have ever done if the other Ryan would have stayed. You know what I mean? So it worked out great, but it was just like, holy crap, I never realized we had this much to do. That's a great point that you weren't just doing equipment management. I mean, you had to run a budget. You had to run a, a P&L statement, if you will. You, you, had to, you had to make sure that we didn't overspend, which, as you've stated many times to us, and you probably, and I'm pretty sure I've heard it on some of your previous telecasts, you know, coaches just think that it's like a never-ending well of money or a tree that grows out the back. Just go get – we need the stuff. Just buy it and all that. And you sort of had to help keep them under control like, Coach, it's not within the budget. This is what we had budgeted for the year, which you agreed to. And while we would like to do it, we're, if you want me to do that, where, where do you want me to take it out of? You know, so you guys were learning business, which is really good. And on top of, obviously, the normal duties that were expected of you. Yeah, it's it's something that no matter what aspect of life with your own personal finances or just the different day-to-day things you're going to do within your other jobs, because not every equipment manager is a lifer. And I mean, we all know that there's been actually a, a decent amount of people that are getting out of the industry at this point. But going and working on the other side of things like I did on the sales side, there's a budget and you have to understand, and you know, I'm not going to take the same idea to... Richmond that I take to Cincinnati. I'm not going to take, you know, Hey, you know, there's this set of apparel here. That's all of the game day stuff, which they call authentics now. But when I was in it, it was called, you know, sideline exclusive. Here's this whole catalog. This is what you're going to want for next year, as opposed to, Hey, take a look at this, but here's also a big line of like our basics and you know, what else, we have, if there's anything else you need to see, let me know, because I know you guys don't have a million dollars to spend. You have a total budget of, let's say, you know, $125,000. And you're also having to buy how much the shoulder pads out of that and replace a set of uniforms. So it's crazy to think about, but it's, it's something that all of these different little things, even, I mean, learning how to fix things. I mean, there are so many things that go wrong and so many different things to break and fixing sleds and pads and jugs and machines. You learn how to kind of be like a, a mechanic slash electrician slash just all around handyman because you're trying to fix things on a budget and you don't necessarily have the money to just either buy a new one or pay somebody to come fix it for you. So um, I probably know the answer to this question, but I got to ask. So when a school, you know, decides they want to make a change or someone comes to them and says, Hey, we want you to be an Under Armour school rather than an Adidas school or a Nike school or all, you know, whatever. Do you guys get to put any input in it? Or that's really above your pay grade. And it's done at that, you know, athletic director line or football coach or whomever makes that decision. I just wondered if you guys ever talked to you about what do we, what do you think? It depends on your administration. Um, sometimes you do get input. Or they'll bring you in and they say, what do you think about this? What would it take? And so we can give a a decent idea of, well, right now, here's what we have. If you want to just do a one-for-one, it's going to cost about this much. So it gives them a better idea of things. 
but the business office also helps with that because they do have all the receipts and all the budgetary stuff, but it's not a lot of decisions that are made. And I, you know, might make non-equipment managers that listen to this angry, but a lot of decisions that are made are made without the input of an equipment manager. And if they had asked the equipment manager, they would have either saved a ton of time or a ton of money because they don't ask for that input. Like when it comes to locker room setup or locker room designs, whenever people are renovating things and equipment room renovations, you're seeing the equipment room constantly get cut down to make locker rooms bigger. Or like you said, when it comes to switching from say Nike to, to Adidas. So prime example, Richmond just switched from Nike to Adidas. When I was there, the athletic director that I had, I had both Under Armour and Adidas come to me because Richmond was in the last year of their Nike deal. They came specifically to me because I had contacts at both of those brands. And so they were like, hey, we'd love to talk to your AD about this. Here's what we would offer. Do you think that's good enough or do we need to come bigger? I thought they were both good offers. They were insanely big compared to what was already had ad didn't even want to listen to the offers was like we're in nike school we're not changing and i said that's fine just know you're giving up three hundred thousand dollars and he was like i get it but i'm not paying to change everything over and i said three hundred thousand dollars that's going to pay to change it all over and they're going to help us with a signing bonus the first year to help pay for all of that so that was, again, it was just a conversation that was had. I don't think I've ever given that the, the numbers before. And I mean, take it for what it is. You kind of get an idea for how big of a deal that is for an FCS football t- school that's, they had a good basketball year, what, two years ago. And then they were yep. in the Sweet 16 10 years ago. And they've been kind of hit or miss in between then. And, you know, the more profitable program is football right now. I don't know. I mean, they've been okay recently, but they were really good when I was there, the football team. So it is what it is. I mean, it's fine. They're Adidas now, so they got a new AD. I think they probably, you know, ran through the life of the the second contract. Probably got a similar deal, maybe better. I don't know the full details of it, but um yeah, a lot of times, no, they don't. They do not care to ask the equipment manager's opinion on a lot of things, which also causes frustration within the equipment staff because we find out on the back end and we're like, well, if we'd have done the opposite of what was what the decision was, this is what we would have saved. But we'll go ahead and do it because nobody asked us. You know, ch- changing directions a little bit one of the great things you always talked about were your relationships you had not obviously with the head coaches but also the assistant coaches and you know we got to know the names because you shared those with us all the time and then obviously you know when a head coach leaves usually that means all the assistant coaches are looking for new jobs and it's been pretty cool for you to stay in touch with what you know like we would say okay well you know where, where'd blake go and you know where, where where'd ryro go so um it's just sort of fun knowing the equipment managers and the coach, the assistant coach, where they've gone, where I was getting with this. One of the cool things you had were you had some great relationships with some of the head coaches. Some of them, you know, treated like the equipment manager, you know, don't bother me, just do what I say. But you always coach Tuberville. You always just had great things to talk about because he always took the time to come down and talk to you guys, see how you were doing. You know, if you need anything, let him know. 
And um, I'm sure you've talked about that before, but were there any other head coaches you were, you were close to like coach Tuberville? Cause you always spoke very highly of him. I mean, Tubbs was just so much fun because like you said, he came down to talk to us. Uh, he understood and he actually took our input, whether or not he used it. He asked for our opinion on things. Um, and he, like I said, he was just, he was just a fun guy to talk to. He always had, I mean, he just had stories for days. Um, but the other coach, I would say that, well, I mean, probably the two others I was, I was closest with was coach Alt out at Nevada. I mean, it was one of those where I was getting ready to leave. They had hired a new head guy. Um, Ryro had already left and it was just, there was, I will say drama, but that's probably the easiest word. There was just drama there and I wasn't. I was just ready to get out of there. I got passed over. I wasn't even considered for the job. Even if I'd have been considered and not gotten it, fine, whatever. Uh, but whenever Coach Alt brings me to his office and he goes, what's it going to take for you to stay? I want you here. I mean, that that carried for me for a long time because I knew that I at least had done the job right in his eyes. And that meant something. And he actually cared. He knew that I had the respect of the players. We had a good relationship with him and the coaching staff. and even the training staff we were, we got along great with. So it was just a, a weird situation leaving there because I truly enjoyed working for him. I mean, the first day I was there, he, he yelled at me and cussed me out, but like from then on, it was just, it was just a, a great thing. Um, I mean, Danny Rocco was great to work with because it was one of those where I wouldn't have to come ask him if I needed to make a decision. He was like, Pat, you're the equipment manager. He was like, this is why we have you here you made decisions. I'm going to back you on it no matter what. And he would have me do things and ask me for things. And it was never something that was unreasonable. Like I would, you know, sometimes I'd get frustrated because he would change practice. Like, Oh, we're going to wait it out the rain. And we'd have to sit there for an extra two hours as the rain waited. And they sat in meetings, but that's every coach. That's not just a Danny Rocco thing. I, I genuinely enjoyed working for him and we had fun. Um, and then, I mean, every coach I, I enjoyed, but, I mean, Coach Munkin, I didn't get to spend as much time getting to know him, but he was a good man. I really liked him. And, you know, from from the day I met him, said, hey, to him, shook his hand. I showed up on campus a couple of weeks later. And he, you know, first time I see him, I come across him to grab his laundry. He's like, hey, Pat. Hey, man, how you doing? Welcome. Everything, you know, going all right? Did you get here all right? Just how's your family? Like, he would always ask that. Just how's your family? How you doing? He cared. And he wanted to talk to you. And he always remembered your name. So, um yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to, I can't, <laughs> there's probably assistant coaches I could probably say a, a, a thing or two about that I didn't enjoy sure. working with, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the head coaches I worked with, you know, I left Richmond for other reasons, but I didn't necessarily like the head coach that they brought in. I just, he and I didn't see eye to eye on certain things. And, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. I would have stayed and done the job. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the job as much as I used to, but you know, that's just part of the game. Right. Well, but again, you, you, you had different bosses. You always learn from different bosses, good things, as well as things you don't, you don't like, or you wouldn't do to somebody else. So that that's, that's part of growing up in, in, in the business world. So you learned a lot there and you do have some great friends relationships because of that. Obviously you have some great memories that even we share with you from time to time when we have to bring you back down to earth every once in a while you know, talk about the, some of the things that have happened to you. Some, some good, most of them funny, but you know, some of them bad, you know, it's just, it's just life. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's any job. The, the thing is the bad gets easily outweighed by the good because there were so many fun moments that I have. And so, yeah, whenever you guys do remind me like, Hey, go wash somebody's laundry or something, whatever it is that, you know, some stupid moment that I had uh, as an equipment manager, I can laugh about it because there are a hundred other memories that are better than that, that I look back on and smile and it's given me a platform like this. So I can do this podcast, get on here usually with Scott, but you know, we're able to talk to a bunch of people, make those connections, talk about all the different things we've been able to experience in. I mean, I wouldn't have experienced half of the different things that I have if I hadn't worked in athletics. So, and which it's good family memory too, because you know, you were, I mean, you're always late and that's not the correct term, but you, you were never really around much at Christmas time. We'd either be a little bit afterwards or even before, but then you'd have to go somewhere. But for us, because we didn't get to talk to you much the whole year, or I shouldn't say the whole year, but the whole fall, you know, August to whatever, December, when we got together, we got to pound you with questions of what you did, what you'd learn, what, where'd you have fun? Where'd you do this, that, and to wear you out like, Hey, I'm here to rest too. You know, I love to love y'all and want to talk to you, but we were more interested in talking to you because we really had not been able to talk to you for any length of time during football season. That's just the way, way it was, but it was always great to be together during the holidays because we, we had you to ourselves finally. And while you had to rest, we got to learn so much about what's going on in your life. So those were great memories. Yeah. I mean, that it's funny. I, you know, you brought it up earlier, but just thinking about the, um, the Hawaii bowl, you know, we got out of there late. It was, a, it was a later game. We got out of there late, packed everything up and got to the plane touchdown, went straight to the uh, equipment room, got laundry running, flipping over laundry, making sure everybody has their bowl gifts, making sure everybody's good to go, making sure we have all of our equipment back. And we literally did that, went straight to the apartment, grabbed the extra bag that we had already had pre-packed and literally got on a plane and flew home. So there was probably about two days straight where I didn't sleep. So like you said, I got home and I think Blake, Steven and Erica picked me up from the airport and they were just like, Hey man. And I was just like, like, Hey, I was just beat. I was just like, Hey guys, like I just, I need to go home and go to bed. So I think no, we, Patrick, we're going to have a beer. You're not going to bed yet. That's pretty much what happened. We went and actually had a beer and I was like, I got, I can do this once, but I can do one, but I got to go home. I got to get some sleep. And I'd probably slept for about 12, 13 straight hours. And then, yeah. Yep. And I think I was home for like three days and then turned around and went back. <laughs> The good old days. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't miss is, you know, especially at the FCS level, if you're on a, you know, working for a program that is going to make the playoffs, you're not, you're not home for Thanksgiving period. You're not home for Thanksgiving. Now, when we were living across the country, I wasn't flying home for Thanksgiving either, but that's a whole different point. But if you're somewhere close to be able to go, go see some family, take every opportunity you can because they're few and far between. And, you know, it's getting, it's getting worse with within the the industry where you know your summers and your spring which is supposed to be like kind of that time off it's you're getting less and less i mean it's it's truly year round and it's not it's not what we at least me you know my generation of equipment managers it's not the same as uh, when we first started 
a lot different. Yep, it is. But again, you got a lot of good memories and certain things you can look back on and smile about. And, and it's really what, you know, started, started this blog of yours. You guys are, you know, having some fun Pod, talking about podcasts, like I said, your podcast. So it's been uh, a lot of fun for you because good memories for you, your partner still in the business, but you still have a ton of relationships, which you've had certainly on your podcast. Cause you've had a lot of people from equipment companies and, and former colleagues and all that on here. So, you know, it's been fun for you. I mean, it's been great. We've we've gotten a lot of our friends uh, throughout the industry on, and then we've been able to to build new relationships, make new friends through all of this. And uh, it's probably been beneficial for Scott too, because he's met some vendors that we we didn't know uh, before uh, we we started this. But uh, just in general, having those contacts, meeting those people that are just, I mean, all around genuinely amazing human beings. I mean, I don't think obviously we haven't had a bad interview, but we haven't thoroughly till enjoyed t- till tonight, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime it's me and Scott, that's just a bad time, but um, we haven't had any guests where we get off of there and we aren't like, Oh, that was awesome. We've learned something, you know, you, you get to just genuinely, like I said, meet new, very interesting people and hear about their lives and kind of give them a platform to talk about themselves, which is not something that you really see for equipment managers. And so that's why I've enjoyed doing this so much. And I'm actually happy you've been able to, to come on and talk with me today. Well, thanks for that. Cause I know you're with football season starting. It started uh, yesterday, college football, you know, um, it, the, the excitement will be back. I think, you know, that summer's pretty much over once college football starts. And I think the old uh, podcast going to take off and again, and uh, again, there'll be a lot more talk about because it's gearing up. The, the great college football season's gearing up, and that's always fun for everybody that loves college sports, of which I'm one of them. Yeah, I mean the the waiting's the waiting's over. I mean, we, like you said, we had our first games, like the week zero games this week, and then well, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll have we'll have football this coming week, and it's the best time of the year. There will not be, I think. If I remember this correctly, there will not be a weekend without football till probably January. Exactly. It's amazing. So it is amazing, especially with the pandemic from last year and technically it's still going on. So hopefully all these kids are going to stay healthy and all the programs are going to do okay. So they can continue to play because last year it was a lot of, it was a big mess this year. If you, if you can't play, you get to forfeit. So that gives everybody a little more incentive to uh, stay healthy and don't do the things you know you're not supposed to do, which is cha- party too much. Yeah, it could change the could change the playoff spectrum altogether because if yeah. there's a team that has COVID and they're out for a week or two and they have that one fringe loss and they end up with two, they, they could be out. So it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm hoping that that it doesn't happen like what what happened with the Big Ten last year where they basically changed the rules just so Ohio State can get in, but We'll we'll see how how it plays out. Yep, it'll then, be interesting. Yeah, and then you have all the the super conferences happening and the alliance against the the SEC and the Big Twelve basically going to be gone here sooner than later. Yeah, everybody's just pretty much ignoring the Big Twelve. That's for sure. Well, I mean, they're going to get. I think, and this is just an opinion. What's going to happen unless they bring teams to the Big Big Twelve from like the Conference USA? Some about Mac, whatever. What's going to happen is that conference is going to get broken up and basically 
between the Big Ten, the ACC, and well, who else is there? Well, maybe even more to the SEC. Who knows? Maybe they already yeah. like, like took two, so well, yeah, they take more than two. But well, they've, yeah, they've definitely taken more than two. But they, I think they're just going to get broken up amongst the other ones, and then like the American Athletic Association or Amer- AAC American Athletic Conference, they could probably take in some of those teams, or it happens in the opposite direction where some of the AAC, like the Cincinnati's and the Houston's and I think like Cincinnati, Houston, what isn't West Virginia? Are they big 12? Yes. Like, so that, I, I mean, I, yeah. they want the ACC really bad. It'll be interesting to see if the ACC will take them. So yeah, I, 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 I think they should. They're a natural rival for Pitt, Virginia and Virginia tech. And, you know, so, and they've always played, you know, the years past Syracuse and Boston college too. So well, you know, I don't, bring I don't, them, bring them in. I don't think anybody would mind if like BC and Syracuse got booted in. They brought in like West Virginia and maybe somebody else. Because no offense to no offense to Boston College and Syracuse, but are they really adding anything to the conference? Boston College has added nothing to the conference. Zip. Sorry, I mean, that's, it's a it's it's a it's a pro sports town up there. I mean, it's hilarious that they think they were going to bring viewers. That's a pro town, yeah. and they have great. Great, great pro teams up there, which is why it's a pro sports town. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't see the added, I mean, even, even Pitt for that matter, I don't see the added benefit from having them around because their fan bases aren't even that big. That, you know, nobody cares about Boston College football. Nobody cares about Boston College basketball. Not a lot of people care about Syracuse football, they care about Syracuse basketball. Yes, they do with basketball, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's a basketball school. And Pitt has just kind of been a tweener for the past 10 years. So, I don't know. I, I think there should be just a big shakeup of everything. Well, not should be, <clears throat> but there will be a big shakeup of everything now that, you know, Texas thinks they're going to... I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the heck they're thinking, but... Yeah. Well, they keep, keep bringing in new coaches and, you know, they get all the players they want from the alumni and they still can't win, you know, eight or nine games. So who knows what, you know, going to the SEC, Texas going to the SEC is going to take a, a, a t- nine and three and 10 and two team about to uh, seven and uh, five because SEC is a tough football conference. And so that is that I'm not sure what that did for them other than money. You know, obviously you're going to get more money because the SEC is just rolls in the dough, but and it, they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be that competitive. Like if I'm wrong, great. That's just going to make it better, but I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I hope we're wrong there. I just, I think it's a bad move on their part to go from somewhere where you're finishing, I don't know, second, maybe third in your conference to maybe finishing second or third in your division. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, we'll see. I mean, there's, there's a lot that needs to play out this year. Well, you know, they're, you know, every year it's like, oh, Texas is back because they win a couple of games in the beginning of the year and then they they crumble towards the end of the year. But hopefully, you know, they're able to put to, put it together. Who knows what this season is going to look like? Georgia might actually be the team to beat this year. That's what they're, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah they're always good. But, you know, until somebody dethrones Alabama, you know, they're the team to beat. That's for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> them, Clemson, Ohio State. It's like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the three you always expect to see in the playoff. And then it's a toss-up between Oklahoma and Georgia. They just rotate those two around. Yep. 
and the Pac-12. I don't even bring up the Pac-12 because nobody talks about the Pac-12 because nobody cares about the Pac-12. Well, Oklahoma's in the Pac-12. You said that. Yeah, but I mean, that's... I mean, I'm sorry, the Pac-12. No, but nobody gets to watch them, but nobody gets to watch the Pac-12. That's the problem. I mean, you know, they they, they come on at 11 o'clock at night. Our our times, eight, at night's 8 o'clock game for them, but I'm not staying up to watch that. You know, when you watch a game end at 1.30 and you're like, hey, this yeah. is a great game. Now I'm going to be tired yeah. all day tomorrow. You see the score the next day. It's like, wow, I wish I could have stayed up and watched that, but uh, it's, it's tough to do. And it, you know, it's too bad for them because they do play good. I mean, UCLA just beat the crap out of uh, Hawaii yesterday. So maybe, maybe Chip Kelly's got them playing the way they're supposed to be playing. So it'll be interesting to see. Because I think they play LSU next, so we'll see if UCLA's the, the real deal when they play LSU. And it's I think it's well, I think it was supposed to be at LSU, but that who knows now? And who knows? Why well, that's a shame again. For my doggone New Orleans and Louisiana getting this. They said this is you know x how many x times worse than Katrina was, and it's just it's a shame. I mean that that place has been pounded with hurricanes. Yeah, I mean they they installed and built all these new levy systems and these flood control systems. Uh, I mean they're really going to get put to the test this time around because this storm's going to be a monster, and I'm yeah. terrified for everybody down there. Anybody listening that's in that area, that's in the you know path of this storm, obviously we want you to be safe. Get out yep. if you're get out. I mean, in all reality, I know if you're listening to this, you're working in athletics. I don't know what the plan is for you guys, but please be safe if you need anything. Let us know. We'll do what we can Reach to help. Out. Yeah. Yep. There's, you know, it is in a community amongst the equipment managers. If anything is needed, you can put it out to us. We'll help try and spread the word as much as we can to try and provide as much support and relief as we as we can get down there. Because, you know, we're we're all watching it for you guys. We're all worried, and you know, it's just one of those where, unfortunately, it's just a waiting game. And you know, if there was anything we could do right now to help, obviously we would. But it's just, it's not looking good. You know, saw a report, you know, today that the wind obviously was so powerful. The Mississippi River, it went reversed. It was pushing it. The river was flowing north. Wow. That's that's unbelievable. Yep. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Whew. All right. Well, I think we could continue talking sports all day and, and the different things going on in the world. But I, um, I want to thank you for joining me. It's always fun whenever we get to sit down and talk athletics in general you know it's our other family members i guess the the wives don't necessarily love it so much whenever we get to just sit and talk sports all day but for me it's it's a passion i love doing it and it's been so much fun having you on here today joining me Patrick, thanks for having me i hope hope your your listeners uh, uh give me a pass you know because uh, i'm just i'm just your your old man but uh as you know i love talking sports and certainly have enjoyed watching your career and We'll continue enjoying watching that, but um, it's been fun. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week.